0: Good evening. Good evening. Take your Bibles and let's go to Isaiah chapter sixty-two. I want to look at verses five through nine with you. Now, our text here it begins with a union. It describes marriage, and this marriage is given here. It's spoken of here to describe the union that the Lord has with this church, and that the Lord works in the hearts of his people for the church. Let's look at verse 5. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. Now, if you remember when we began this chapter, we saw what our God is doing for the church, what he promises to do for her because he loves her and he cares for the church. And he's going to provide abundantly for his church to establish her, to keep her, to save her, to deliver her from death, and darkness and enmity, which is in our hearts by nature. You'll, you'll, you'll acknowledge that this world, this world in which we live, this world in which we were born into, is a fallen world. It's a dark world. It's full of sin and rebellion and repression and oppression and violence against men. And so this world is plunged into sin and darkness and that by the sin of man. Man did this. When God created Adam, he gave him dominion over the creation of the world. He gave him dominion over the creation of God. But man rebelled against God. Man sinned and transgressed the law of God and so in that transgression he sold away he sold it all away and got nothing in return but death but death he sold himself into slavery and so paul says in romans 5:12 for by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned we all sinned in Adam, and when we come forth from the womb, we ourselves are sinners. And, and we do show and testify by our words and works and thoughts that we are transgressors. We are defiled and corrupt sinners before God. But thanks be to God that he, according to his purpose, has a people whom he loves, a people whom he cherishes and loves and provides for. And he remembers his people because he chose a people before the foundation of the world to be the bride of his son. And he committed all our care, our life, our keeping, into the hand of his darling son so that our redemption, our deliverance from this death doesn't fall on us because we're incapable of it. We can't deliver ourselves. But it all falls on Christ who was given by God for this very purpose to redeem you, his chosen, beloved bride. And so God committed everything, all your salvation. He committed it all into the hands of our Savior, the Son of God, who came as the Christ. He he is the one who is the appointed of God to be the Christ. And what that means is He is the Savior. He is the salvation of His people. And He has come and rules and reigns as the true sovereign King having dominion over all the creation of God. And that's that's appointed to him as we see in the ascension where he now sits at the right hand of the throne of God, opening the seals of God spoken of in Revelation that is fulfilling and implementing the will and purpose of God in the earth. And God purposes and intends to be gracious to you, to be kind to you because he loves you and he remembers you and he's providing for you his bride, who now love him, who now believe on him. Again, because of his manifested grace in you, he testifies you're his by the faith which he's given unto you. And so we stand amazed when we come across that scripture and we hear of the love of God. And we hear it often repeated, but let it soak in. Rejoice in this word which your God says to you, where Christ speaking to Nicodemus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, Jew and Gentile, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Adam, we all were perishing sinners, worthy of of damnation, worthy of the wrath of God. But Christ has come and redeemed us and delivered us from that wrath and damnation of God for the love of God, because God loves you, his chosen people. Again, the Apostle John, in his epistle, puts it this way. It's in 1 John 4, 9, and 10. He said, "In this was manifested the love of God toward us, Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. There is a people whom Christ came to save. They are the church in the wilderness, lost, wandering, in darkness, in prison, shut up to the things of God, knowing nothing. And yet Christ came for them. While we were yet enemies of God and laid down his life, for us because she is his bride he loves her she is betrothed to him by god the father giving him giving her into his care and he loves us still even when we fell in transgression he loves his people still and came and gave his life for her that we might live in him and so finishing up that verse from 1 john 4 verse 10 here in his love Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He is the sacrifice, and by His sacrifice He turns the wrath of God, which was against us justly, turns it from us and put it upon Himself, bearing our sins, making an atonement for our sins, to cleanse us, to purge us of of all our darkness of all our iniquity, and to make us righteous in him. Christ did that for you who now believe him, who trust him. That's a manifestation that he did that for you. And so his death, his burial, his resurrection obtained all this life for us, delivering us from that death, and we now live because he lives. And so these verses here in Isaiah 62, they Are the love story. They speak of the love story that our God has for his people, his delight in you. And we see that delight, we see that love in his abundance of provision of grace for you. In declaring to you these things, in gathering you together under this word, under this gospel, to hear this glorious word, to hear what Christ, the second Adam, has accomplished for us. And we rejoice in it. So, what the Lord is saying here in verse 5, in the verses that follow, is that He is providing continuously, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And when we look at ourselves, we don't we don't see much, but if we're being honest, we know that we're here this night. We're tuned in this night. We're listening to hear this word because the power of God worketh in you. He's keeping you. He's drawing you. He's feeding you. And his word of promise to, to feed you and to never leave you is being fulfilled in your very Ears and in your very experience of his grace. And so he's making you his bride. He's rejoicing in you his bride, the church. Now, how does he do this? How do we see him doing this? Well, according to this passage, it's through the preaching of the gospel. It's through the preaching of the gospel. One of the primary ways that the word of God is declared to you the way you hear it and receive it and are fed and blessed by it is through the ministration of the Spirit, the preaching of the gospel, the making known the savor of his knowledge in every place. Preaching Christ, preaching our Lord, preaching the salvation which he has wrought for you, for you. And that's certainly what's in view here in verse 5 when it says, For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. In other words, he's saying that he's going to raise up men. He'll give you men. He'll give you servants to lay down their lives for the church because they too Love the Bride of Christ. And this is made very plain in the next verse. Let's see that verse. I'll read it, 62, verse 6, but then we'll break it down. He says there, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord keep not silence. All right, let's look at these three phrases that are in here. Let's begin with the first one. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. Our God calls his prophets here watchmen. He calls them watchmen. He said to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 3.17, he said, Son of man, I've made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. And not only does he call the pastors watchmen, but that's what the the prophets watchmen, but that's what pastors are called. Pastors are watchmen as well under, under the New Testament. They watch for your souls, they watch for the word of the Lord and what the Lord is doing and preach it and declare it to you, the people. He says in Isaiah 62, verse 6, he says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Now, first of all, when you read this, you're reminded this sounds like what the Lord said. And he said this very thing in verse 1. He said in verse 1, look there at at verse 1. For Zion's sake, will I not hold my peace? And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. And we saw when we were looking at that verse that Zion and New Jerusalem, that's speaking of you, the church. You are precious to the Lord. He will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. In other words, until the last sheep is brought into the in, into the fold, this word will be preached. This word, God will be faithful to you, to preach this word to you. And he says that he'll be heard. He says to the watchmen, well, you know, when he was saying there in verse 1, he was saying, I will be heard. I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to cease preaching this gospel to you. And so he says here now in this verse, my watchmen whom I've raised up and, and given to you shall never hold their peace day nor night. And that's because he's raised up men and put it into their heart and given them a heart to go to go out and to labor in the field and to preach to the people of God because he loves the church too. He was raised in the church. He heard of God's promises in the church and he goes forth declaring those same joyful promises, rehearsing them in your ears. Turn over to Jeremiah 3.15. 3.15. Here we see why there are men raised up, why men have this heart. Jeremiah 3.15. He says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and and, understanding. and the knowledge and understanding is Christ. We preach Christ because he is the food which the sheep feed upon. And you know it. You delight in nothing more than to hear Christ. And you're comforted by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the pastors whom God has sent, they preach Christ. They feed you with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's because through the gospel... You are grown in knowledge and understanding of your Lord. And you come to hear the preaching because you want to hear what the Lord has said to his pastors. You know, over in Isaiah 21, Isaiah 21, verse 11 and 12, we see here, it says, The burden of Duma, he calleth to me out of Seir, Watchmen, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If ye will inquire, inquire ye, return, come. And so the Lord puts it in the hearts of his people to inquire of the watchman what's going on. What has the Lord given to you to say? And so you come, and that's inquiring of of the watchman. You come and you hear the word of Christ preached. And then then he says here, his watchmen shall never hold their peace day nor night. And that means that we preach Christ in season and out of season. We preach Christ day or night. Now, I want you to turn over to 2 Timothy. We'll see this there. 2 Timothy 4. Second Timothy four, and look at we'll just read verse two. And then stay there for a moment. He says, preach the word. This is Paul writing to Timothy, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Well, Christ is the word of God, and therefore we preach Christ crucified. We declare what Christ has accomplished for his people in his death, burial, and resurrection. We declare the good news that the sins of his people are forgiven. They're put away, and all who trust him, all who believe in him, shall never be ashamed. He's given his word. He shall return and bless you and raise you up to, to, to be with him forever, for all eternity. And so we preach Christ, whether it's in the day, when the sun is up, and I'm not talking about daylight hours, I mean when it's comfortable, when there's abundance, when there's peace and joy in the land. We preach in that, in that time, in the day, and we preach at night, when there's great darkness in the land, when it's not safe to declare the things of Christ, we're called to preach Christ in every season, in season, out of season, in the daytime, in the night. Trust the Lord. That's the whole purpose. He's raised you up. Go forth and preach the word. Declare what Christ has done. And so, as needed, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine through the preaching of Christ, the word of God. And so to you that hear the preacher, he adds this in Hebrews 13, go there now, Hebrews 13, verse 17, he says there, obey them that have the rule over you. The rule is the gospel, the law of liberty, right? That's the rule, the law of liberty, obey them, hear it hear it believe christ believe what he's declaring to you concerning christ and submit yourselves why for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that's unprofitable for you all right no pastor wants to stand up and reprove and rebuke and and spend his time doing those things we want to preach Christ clearly, plainly, boldly, continuously to the people. We want to stay right there in the Lord because that is the most profitable thing for you is to hear Christ and Christ only. And so remember, he's telling you, you that believe on Christ, you are Zion. You are the heavenly Jerusalem. You are the people of God. And if you look in yourselves, if you look in your experience for it, you won't see it. But if you look to Christ, it's because all your hope is Him. It's because you have no confidence in the flesh. It's because you have no righteousness of your own. You look to Christ because He's given you that faith and trust and hope. Not in yourselves, but in the one whom He sent to save you who came and laid down his life for you. And so in that pattern, he raises up men to preach him, to declare him, to to proclaim what he has done for you. And so you are the Zion of God. We're told that we have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. That is where God has gathered you in Christ. That's the the sheepfold that Christ has brought you into. He's taken you out of the the world's fold where the goats are and he's brought you into his sheepfold and appointed salvation for your walls and bulwarks so that you now are in the city of God. And there in the city we preach, we defend, we declare the gospel. I'll just read a verse. In Philippians 1, verse 7, we see another picture of, of this, this union, this marriage uh, between the church and, and the pastor to their God, that, that love there that God is demonstrating and showing you. He says, even as it's meet for me to think this of you all, Paul says to this church, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. And so God brings together a pastor and his church. He, he unites them together in that union, knitting their hearts together. And we see, just as Paul says, in my bonds, right? we have weaknesses and infirmities and difficulties in me, in myself. And you bear with those things, and you still thank God for the preaching of the word. You bear with me in my bonds, because together we are set for the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. And of that he makes you partakers of that grace. That grace he's given to that man, he's given you that same grace, so that together there's that fellowship and bond, together preaching and proclaiming the grace of our God in the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's where he's bringing his sheep. And we know that as long as we're preaching this word, there's still more sheep out there. There's still another one out there. And we're preaching that word till Christ brings in that last sheep, till he brings them home. So we are walled about and closed with the redemption of Christ. We are citizens of heaven, sons and daughters adopted into the family of our God, and he gives you watchmen who watch for your souls. He's ordained it that the preaching go forth for your learning and your comfort, and we're not to despise the preaching nor forsake the assembling of ourselves because it's an an ordinance. It was ordained of God. It was commanded of God to preach the word. He said, it's going to go forth. I'm not going to cease preaching my word, and that's what we're called do because that's how he blesses his people. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. You know, sometimes, I mean, like live streaming or listening to messages, they can be a blessing. I've been blessed by them. I'm sure that you've heard messages in that manner and have been blessed and comforted in your souls. And certainly if you're shut in, or sick, it's a fantastic, great way to hear the word of God. And let, let me just read this here, and then I'll just say a few things on that thought. In, in Ephesians 4, verse 8, he says, Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. The Lord blesses his church. He blesses that, that body that comes together that labors together, that, that dwells together, because we're taught a lot together. We're, we're, we're brought through various trials and tribulations together to strengthen us, to give us patience, to give us experience together in those things, because he's, he's teaching us through those experiences and hearing that gospel, he's, he's revealing to us knowledge and understanding in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says in verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. And so the blessing that we have in coming together as a body is the Lord meets with his people. He's promised, he said, when you gather together for this purpose in my name or two or three are gathered together in my name to hear and worship the Lord and to hear his word, he's there in the midst of you. And he blesses that word. And... And going back to what I was saying before, how we hear messages on you know on audio messages on sermon audio and and sometimes we, we partake of live streaming when we're sick or unable to 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 be there and, and that's not what' I'm, what I'm speaking to, but to willfully not go where the gospel is preached, you're missing out on a blessing because what I've experienced when you go Even when when a pastor goes to a conference or goes to a congregation and when he's at home in his home church, when we're preparing messages, we're praying and we're thinking of you, the congregation. Our heart is upon you. And so we're preparing things and asking the Lord to give us words for you. And when you're just hearing a message from, say, 20 years ago or something like that, though great. Though wonderful, that man wasn't preaching that word with you on his heart. <laughs> but when he's preparing it for the congregation, the Lord's laid you on his heart because the Lord delights in you, and that's a gift that he's given to you. And so there's a lot of times where, where, where you know, we'll, we're preaching the word, and, 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 and you'll come and say, That was, I needed to hear that, or that was very timely or appropriate. Or that really blessed me. I didn't even want to be here today, but hearing that word was such a, a joy and a comfort, it really blessed my heart. And the Lord does that. And there are times when He does that through streaming or through through an audio that wasn't intended for you. That can happen. But it's so easy sometimes, and I know this from sitting there in 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 the pew myself, that sometimes you hear things that you don't want to hear. <laughs> And you go home because this is your body and that's your pastor and this is the word that God has given to you. He's given it to him and he's preached it to you and you wrestle with it in prayer before the Lord. You wrestle, Lord help me to hear that. Or Lord why did he say that or, or, or what have you. And the Lord teaches us because you're that congregation. You were there and meant for that word whereas others just tuning in who aren't part of that congregation, who aren't on that man's heart, they don't they don't have that. It's so easy to just click it off and say, Well, I don't know what they're going through, but that ain't me, and you just click it off and you just put it behind you. And you don't really have that experience and that going through that together as a body. And there's a real blessing in that. And I know that because that's what he says here in his word. He does that purposely for the body it's to make increase it's to 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 bring that effectual working and it's that's where those fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and and self-control you know temperance and so that's where those things are worked out with one another and that's where we seek the lord for one another and there's a real peculiar blessing that we don't want to miss, especially it when you go through those night seasons, when you go through dark times, the Lord has prepared his people for that day, for that day, to go through those difficulties together. So we never want to miss out on those things, and I think you know those that would only do that are are denying themselves the blessing which God promises. To give in his word and so I don't want to see anyone do that especially a believer and so finally he says to his watchman here in verse 6 ye that make mention of the Lord and the only thing I want to really say on that is that another way of saying that the way they that is worded in the scriptures is we are the Lord's remembrancers we're not to keep silence but to to bring remembrance of the Lord to you, his people, to remind you of God's goodness for you in the Lord Jesus Christ, to remind you that he's given promises in his word and fulfilled them in Christ. And there's promises given to us by Christ who says, I'm returning again. I'm going to raise you up. As we were looking at the characters in Judges 4 of Sisera and Jabin, Christ has destroyed the battle array. He's destroyed Sisera. Those, those weapons which are formed against you shall not stand. They're already destroyed. And it says of Jabin that he was defeated that day. But then you read the next verse and it took some time for him to ultimately be gone forever. And And the same thing. The enemy of our souls is defeated. His battle array has been destroyed. And yeah, there's still some lobs and various darts that get lobbed, and there's there's difficulties and trials, but his days are numbered. His days are short. And when Christ comes again and raises us up, we shall be raised incorruptible. This mortality shall put on immortality. And that's a promise that we rejoice in and look for that day. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. We pray and look for that day and so there's victories and we we remind you, we remember what the Lord has said to us to hear him, to feed upon him, to fill our hearts with peace and rest in him. He says it this way, Isaiah 52, 8, Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. And so we preach Christ crucified because he is the power of God. We remind one another of his word and what he said. You know, even sometimes after the message, sometimes you, when, when we speak together, you're reminding me as well. And we speak of the things of the Lord. We speak of the things that we've heard and have delighted our hearts and comforted us. And we, we, we minister and nurture one another In the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's the power of his salvation. It's Christ. And we preach the word because that's the power of his salvation. He uses that word to raise us up from from the dead. To raise us up from darkness. To to bring us out of the darkness into the light. And confess, Lord, you have done all this work. And so, I'm going to stop there. After verse 6 there. And we'll pick up more the next time that, that we're here. So I pray the Lord bless that. But in closing, let me just say, rejoice in, in the Lord. Bless his name and, and rejoice in what he's done for you and, and for us. And remember remember one another, to pray for one another in the spirit and to, to give God thanks for all his mercies and kindnesses toward his people. It's it's a blessing, and, and it's good when we delight in his people, as he delights in his people, that when we delight in what he's done for us here. So I pray the Lord bless that word to your hearts. Amen.